Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts and give us that five-star rating. Maybe even leave a review to let others know what you think of the show. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. The CEP Network has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you to use. Whether you're looking for a custom oatmeal, a multivitamin, a great tasting protein that you can order by the pound, or simply looking for a company you know you can trust to send you the best quality products available, True Nutrition has you covered. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all of the great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It is that easy. We here at the CEP Network are always looking for sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are looking to promote in 2022 and want to be a part of our network, reach out and let's see what we can do. In this episode, Patrick and I chat with Joel and Nick from the St. Louis-based band Inimical Drive. They came on the show to promote their new EP that will be dropping soon. They gave us an inside look into the making of the new record and their trip to the West Coast to play at the legendary Viper Room, and they answered some listener questions for us. Make sure to check out Inimical Drive on all the socials to stay in the loop on what's coming up for the band and to see the announcements they will be dropping soon. If you would like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through the social medias. You can reach us at RaisedOnTheRadioSTL at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. Now we're going to play a track from Inimical Drive's last EP called Enemy. This track is called Sacrifice and it will lead you into the episode. Enjoy. Oh, no. 
Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Cole Brocato, my good friend Patrick Blair and Zoomland as usual, and some other guys joining us through Zoomland as well. Hello. Joel Cole. What an introduction that was. <laughs> do you guys want me to do that? No, hey, I thought I, like, I, I thought uh, no, I thought they were going to it looked like somebody was gonna say something and they didn't. I didn't want to get talked over. I guess not. <laughs> Run that one back, Colt. No, Be we better. don't. We don't have to run it back. We're good. We're good. Good morning, How's Joel, good Nick, morning. Animical Drive. How are we? Very good. Very well. In our happy place on Sunday morning. In the studio. Sunday is that what service. happy place is? Yeah, we're gonna start this uh, Sunday morning service. We're just gonna get everybody in line with if you're gonna do anything with this band, it's gonna be Sunday morning over coffee. You know. Uh, um, no later a start than 10 a.m. And we're going to wrap it up by noon. You know, you got families, you got groceries to get. Go ahead, go ahead and get to it. You know, do what you got to do. We don't want to take up your time. We just want to, you know, Sunday morning service with an inimical drive. Yeah, nothing good happens after noon. <laughs> <laughs> On a Sunday. Right. It's all downhill, you know. So we want you to come and, and – uh, I almost said worship. At what? <laughs> no, just coming out of coffee. No worship. I mean, you can worship, but don't worship us. Uh, you know. At what age? At what age did you have to start putting time frames on everything? <laughs> I don't know, man. Life hits you pretty early. <laughs> that noon Sunday thing, you know. Yeah. It's like that's why people, you know, that's why you put something in the coffee on Sunday because you're like, well, I got to start this shit early. It's all downhill at, at noon. <laughs> i'm amazed that you guys are motivated this early to rehearse i would be like eh, i need some more time like i don't know Dude, yeah i we love it i i would put when i say that i mean like i would make our shows at sunday morning at 10 a.m <laughs> and you come to the Thank venue you. and uh there's no opener it's just us you're in and out in an hour you know, oh, yeah, I mean, really th- those, come and see us, those tickets you know? are going to sell fast. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I think they would. I think people would be, uh, you know, rather inclined to. If you, call, you call, if you called it Sunday morning worship, I think may, you yeah. might be able to do this. Sunday morning service. 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 Okay. Sorry. It's a, you know, Sunday morning service with an Yeah. I are, think people would do it. Are you serving coffee? 
And donuts. Concert coffee. <laughs> your yeah. concert. <laughs> yeah. So these guys come over to rehearse and there's coffee, there's snacks. Dude, the snacks are awesome. The snacks are on point. <laughs> That's like a, a new thing. We start we started rehearsing in this house forever ago. Twenty years and it's ago. gone around to different locations and now it's back. So I love it. Yeah. Very hospitable. Candles, ambiance, snacks, coffee, booze if you need it at 10 a.m. It's okay. Yeah, our last uh, rehearsal space was out in Fairview Heights. So since we all live around here, well, kind of, yeah. this is a lot nicer. It's nicer for us. Yes, it's very convenient. <laughs> so we yeah. love no. uh, But yeah, the rehearsal, so today we're doing a nooner, <clears throat> but I would do 10 a.m. A lot of times we try to set it up early because that is the thing. It's like, what else are you doing? You're sitting around. You might as well get rehearsal out of the way so that you can get back to doing whatever else you got to do for the day. So, you guys ever record your rehearsals? We have not, but we are discussing that now. Now that we're uh, we we got the whole new rig and yeah, that's why I was asking. I'd be I'd be curious to I well I mean I would never want to listen to myself back because I hate myself. But I mean, <laughs> just from a from a productivity and like how is this really working? That's why I was asking. Do you thinking about yeah. video or all of the above as far as recording it goes? Man. Uh, I don't know the video would be necessary, but the audio for sure, we will, we will end up doing it because, um, for one, like I said, if Zach can't make it out, like you can't see here, but we've got the kit set up over here. If he can't make it out and we had a live take, it would feel better to have a live take run into our ears so that, uh, um, rather than just throwing in the actual track, you know, but yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah to, to make sure yeah. Yeah, for, for playback purpose, now that we've got the ability to do so, it only makes sense to, you know, for critique and, and whatever else. Yeah, I ask about video only because I know some bands like to, uh, you know, throw down like they're actually playing a show. So I, that's why, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. We do but I mean, you, I mean, you guys at this point, you fucking know, <laughs> yeah. you fucking know what you want to do on stage. It's not like you're still figuring that's it out, but, you know. That's the difference on Sunday mornings and Friday night. But I also, I also have, I also have to imagine with some of your music, like you have to kind of do it like a show, right? Because of the style of music, like you can't just, you know, kind of half-ass it to, you know. On on my part in particular, it is, uh, it's a breathing thing. If I'd learned to calm the fuck down and just stand there on stage use a mic stand a little bit more it wouldn't be as necessary but but yeah i mean you know treat it like a show i say if you're uh if you're practicing for something you got to do it like you're doing it so right so yeah for my part uh that's what i was talking about before we went on now that i've got this set up i can just come down here and throw whatever i want to hear in my ears and then i've got all this room to run around half the time i'm just doing a, a left right uh, tapping just to keep my breath up, keep my heart rate up and stuff. Cause you know, that's half the problem. And like we took this setup to uh, pops, our buddy, uh, Brian Sankus and uh, Chris from pops. They uh, let us take this up there to get a real feel stage set up and kind of dial everything in. And oh, uh, that's awesome. Um, while doing that, that was the first time we had actually performed the new songs live together. So you realize real quick, like, oh, all right, I gotta, 
I have to do this in order for this part to work. And, oh, you're okay. Nick's going to have to take this screen because I'm running around and trying to hold this note and stuff like that. So, yeah. So you, you got to get into like a real world situation, what it's actually going to be like when you perform it live. Cause otherwise you're like, Oh, that sounds nothing like the song. <laughs> Boy, we fucked that up. <laughs> so you mentioned new shit. Let's just get into it. So talk, tell us about it. I mean, you know, we're seeing all those social media posts. So I know people are excited. Glad and I know you, you've been talking about it for a while. So <laughs> Good. I'm glad somebody's paying attention because, yeah, we have been talking about it for uh, for forever. And we kind of figured, you know, every time we're like, all right, here's the plan. I'm very timeline driven with everything. Like, all right, because I know everything's got to be done and 90% of it falls to me. So I'm like, all right we got this window. Nick said it best. He's like, dude, there's windows that you have to hit. And if you don't hit that window, then it moves everything into the next window. So being very timeline driven, I should know better by now that I say like, all right, we can do this, this, and this, and this, and this. My forecasting doesn't always work out that way. So in the meantime, I get to do all the fun social media posts and uh, I love it so much. Really (laughs) love it. I'm going to be a blogger. Hey guys, smash that like button. <laughs> Speaking of timelines, I think I'm still waiting on a bottle of jalapeno salsa. Oh yeah, well that didn't happen. <laughs> my peppers, my peppers and tomatoes all got COVID. Sorry. Uh oh. COVID related. COVID, COVID ruined the production salsa this year. Uh, but yeah, knowing uh, knowing that we were just ahead of the holidays, I should have figured that things were gonna kind of fall into that and then uh uh we had some personal stuff through the holidays as well that uh kind of just put things into perspective was like hey you know what there's only so much mental bandwidth that you can deal with uh while trying to handle everything else so things kind of fell to the side and uh we're back on game on now we're uh we have masters in hand and um ready to finally let people hear that we do not have the official on a single uh but those conversations have happened so we're uh kind of putting the final pieces together so um it's exciting it's very exciting i don't like to talk about things for six months before they happen but it's exciting it re-excites you when you go oh my god hey we actually get to do this now and something's happening came on hey rehearsals hey guys come over to the house and <laughs> that kind of stuff be like hey Something's happening, so it's exciting. We're pumped. Was the recording process any different this time than the last record? Because you guys recorded with Jack Daniels again, right? Yes, we did. Yeah, we went back to Cape to work with our homie Jack. Hi, Jack. We love you. So, Jack, coolest, um, coolest name ever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> he almost had us convinced that he had a private barrel from his great-grandfather in his garage that he had yet to tap. And then for a minute there, for the majority of it, I'm like, you're so full of shit. And then he got really convinced, and I'm like, how did we not know this? And then, and then he pulled it out from the rest. Like, okay, all right, I still fell for it. Uh, yes, so we did. We went back to Cape, but this experience was completely different. Immersion this time. Yeah, full immersion. And that meant two weeks in the studio doing nothing else but being in the studio. 
So normally, and I think it's probably that way for most bands, unless you're out doing it professionally every day, um, is that you pick a weekend and you go and you do what you can do on that weekend. And then you, or you might, you know, take a couple days, whatever it is, three, four day blocks and you work on a song. And then when a song is complete, you might go back and do the other song or whatever it is. It's always, it's always broken up. And then if everybody can't make the trip, you have, whoever do their part when they can do it this time it was everybody off everybody in the studio and you're not leaving literally we locked everybody in the studio for the entire two weeks chains <laughs> chained them up <laughs> and uh, uh it was completely different i the only way i can describe it is or to not even describe it but to put it in perspective think of one thing in your whole life that you have done for two weeks consecutively without doing anything else. You wake up, you have your coffee, you're with the people that you're creating this thing with, not even creating, just doing something with outside of work. But even with work, you are at home and you see your family and then you go to work. This is being in it, not leaving. Wake up, have coffee, have breakfast, talk about what happened and what's going to happen and do it all day again until, you know, 12 hour days um, until it ends. And then you get up and you do it again. I have two kids that are older and I've never done anything in that amount of energy or time without breaking up my attention, even with my kids. My daughter's 20, my son's 18. And uh, that's weird to think about that what can be accomplished when you have a collective that just puts all of their energy into something for that amount of time. I tried cold. Sorry. So yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. It kind of ruined us on regular things, man. Yeah. <laughs> like to like wait the past two weeks, anybody could ever, it, it was incredible. Awesome. You know, we got families and we've done a lot of cool things, but man, when you get to create um, and have that energy and that experience and it's undivided for that amount of time and you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I'll get to that part in a second, but you're just going into it every day. Like, Hey, this team is going to make it happen today. Whatever's going to happen. And you do that over and over and over, dude. Yeah, I know it went so well that there wasn't any, it was like, okay, I can't wait to see what's going to happen today because it wasn't like, Oh man, we need this. We need that. We need to figure it. It wasn't, it, there was no stress. It was like, well, we're going to wake up and it's going to go like it did yesterday and the day before and the day before you yep. just kept going, just popping off awesome. Everything went like clockwork. It was perfect. Yeah. That's like the second half of it is that a lot of bands in the position where they can do that, where they can take several weeks and just focus on a record and be in the studio and be in that mindset. Um, it doesn't always go that well. And with this group, um, it was our first time meeting Matt. So we brought in a uh, producer and Matt Appleton um, and we co-wrote the record with everybody in the room. So uh, Jack and Matt and all of us just with nothing but a collection of guitar riffs, literally. And that was it and went in and picked which ones we wanted to try to do and we'd never met matt we he was a, a reference from mutual friends and uh so we trusted it but you know he comes from uh <laughs> uh the ska world <laughs> so you're like 
So let's get this straight. The horn, <laughs> a bunch of metal guys are going to go and co-write and produce a record with a horn player from <laughs> from Real Big Fish and uh, and, Goldfinger. This, and Goldfinger. And uh, we're going to see what happens. <laughs> you know, from the outside, you might go, that's kind of like, I don't know, like building a recipe and be like, I don't know. What if we throw some of this in there? Let's let's see what happens. Don't worry. We're going to seal the lid tight. They can't get out. They have to do it. <laughs> so, but the, uh, but the other side of that is you just mentioned Real Big Fish and Goldfinger. So just having those on your resume still, you know, lets you know that he kind of knows what he's doing. Yeah. And, you know, aside from that, it, it, it wasn't so much that it was just funny when we thought about it that way because we were like, <laughs> I don't know, maybe we're going to make a sky record. And we would have been okay. <laughs> uh, but the records that he had done are some of our favorite records. He did the uh, the Black Swan record for Story of the Year. Oh, nice. He did Sales Paper Anchors for a Trey U. Nice. Uh, uh, the used uh, I mean, chair. Silver Chair, Silver Steam, like, wow. uh, Escape the Fate, bunch of, bunch of, you know, there was no question it was going to be awesome, for sure. Um, but you don't know when you get into a room like that, you know, a lot of people choose to go to a producer and it doesn't go that well. We've heard more horror stories than anything. And, uh, um, it just went awesome. Day one was like, we all sat in a room and literally it was like, looking at each other like, all right, let's start. Let's <laughs> yeah. See. How, so how do we do it? I guess we grab guitars. Let's lay something down. <laughs> yeah. oh, what's the click at? Yeah. Let's start the click. Yeah. Start, let's start the click, grab some guitars and, and see what happens. So it literally started with that moment right there. And every day just got better and better. And uh, yeah, it just never changed. Everybody's, everybody's energy was on the same level. Everybody's ideas were awesome. Everybody's ideas got used. Everybody, it was just, dude, it ruined us. It really, it ruined me on anything regular. I don't know how to put it other than that, but normal situations don't use that, that part of your brain. And it just, uh, it was awesome. So I think what anybody that does follow, thanks Pat for raising your hand, <laughs> uh, I think anybody that actually does follow and pay attention gives two shits about what we're doing is going to hear uh, the most influence from yeah. all over the place in these collection of songs because it wasn't like, hey, we have to write this song or hey, we have to do this or we have to do this. It was, I don't know, man, we're cool with whatever. So yeah. let's see what happens. I mean, yeah, it's like kind of it's like, well, what do you got? It's like, well, I don't know, I got this and uh, this is how I play and this is what comes out of me. So let's see what the hell we can do with it and it was just like no fear at all it was awesome it was awesome we i mean we were working with jack jack is a freaking and, wizard and yeah. matt is an incredible incredible producer so it's just yeah with the use your producers if you're gonna pay for a producer let them help that's how yeah. it goes use their advice it's awesome yeah so that's what you pay for. producer producer is not just going to sit there and hit the space bar for you you can do that yourself you can you can hire somebody to do that um Jack was, we, we talked about it as Jack is our safety net because we had worked with Jack and we know number one, just what an amazing human how comfortable is. it is to work with somebody he's like so comfortable because he's the kindest person ever, but he also knows that he knows more than everybody in the room. So <laughs> it's a, he knows how to get it across because it's a, no dude, it's okay. Here, let me, let me show you why. And when you're working with somebody like that, you're like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. It's incredible, you know? So 
Jack was our safety net as to if things don't necessarily go. <laughs> we don't know. If the unknown happens, we know that no matter what, Jack's got us, you know. So, and then when we got to watch Matt and Jack realize that they were complimenting each other, yeah. it was like, dude, oh, dude, back, oh. me and Joel would sit there and just look at each other, like, dude, look at that. Like when they started actually, like, so they, had to focus on the computer and actually doing, you know, they get their own stuff out and start talking all the gear and all the tech and everything. And you just sit back and watch them and they're like flying like light speed through stuff through the, through the uh, pro tools. They're just like, what the hell's going on? You know, and they had this language they had to figure out how to communicate to each other. And it just all started popping off so quick. It was awesome. Sorry, cats yelling at me. <laughs> so had those two guys worked together before? No, we, uh, really? it was crazy trying to introduce everybody and stuff too. Cause it was like, we had this plan put together and then, and then telling Jack, it's like, yeah, well, we're going to bring a producer into your studio. And you know, it just kind of like, it's like, how's this all going to work? Who does, who does what and everything. And it just all started working so good. And you know, and then they met each other. And then after like this two days of us all being together, it's like, we've known each other for years. That's what it felt like. It was crazy. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool to put yourself. We actually just had this conversation on last week's show with Chris Kurd. Uh, you know, we were talking about the recording process and so many bands undervalue the creative as far as like being all in a room together and working together and putting themselves in that environment where it's like, hey, we're going to get this done together rather than you go your separate ways. I'm going to go my separate ways. I'll come back with some ideas. And then and the reason that he, you know, he said that that was important to him and I, you know, we agree with him. It's just, you know, I can speak to experience. And I'm sure you guys have experienced this as well, but rushing in the studio sucks. Yeah. Like having to like get it done quickly and get the hell out of there. So many <laughs> bands go through those growing pains and then kind of just stick to them. Like that's just the way they're used to getting it done. With yeah. this experience, it sounds like you guys were able to be as creative as you needed to be. Right. Yeah. yeah. And there was time and, you know, and then it was, it, it wasn't rushed. It was popping off so good. And then the last couple of days, we had enough time to sit there and sit on, sit on listening to it. And be like, well, how about this? And how about this? It wasn't like getting rushed out and catching a flight back home and being like, oh, what the fuck did we just do? You know, like, I don't even yeah. know. You know, it was, it was completely resolved at the end and being, you know, and being like, I, you know, and everybody talking, looking at each other and be like, I can't believe this just happened. It was like a great, like, men's retreat. Yeah. Really. It was crazy. It was awesome. in the woods. Too. It was awesome. Yeah, and Jack's setting is yeah, beautiful out in Cape. He's out in the woods, and uh, so it's it's the perfect setting for us. You know, I get all hippy dippy and want to walk around and get away, and you've got this area to go do that where you literally can clear your mind of everything. Cell phones barely work. You have to connect to the Wi-Fi in the studio to get that to work, and uh, it's just incredible. It, and when you think about exactly what you said, is that not just being rushed, but how much you lose. It, when you go to bed at night, right, if you come home from the studio and you go to bed, you're thinking about it. Nobody else in the house is thinking about it. They're thinking about what they did and they're thinking about what's going on with them and what they might need you to do and all that shit. And going to bed with this group um, and then talking about it until the last minute until you close your eyes. You literally, we were almost thinking each other's thoughts starting the next day because we didn't break that and we went right back into it dude it was there is yeah the, the full immersion if, if if bands out there can find any way to do that and yeah. just get if it's a week if it's two weeks whatever you can do to get it and that's the only thing you do for that week if you can and you got it also 
our group of dudes that we're working with now is taking, I mean, we've been doing this for 20 years now and it's had to figure out who works, who, who you can work with. And our group right now that we got right now, everybody is so cool with each other and stuff that you finally can trust. I don't have a problem with, if anybody has an idea in my band for anything, I'm like, all right, cool, do it. Because like now it's like a total trust thing. It's not like, man, I don't know. That's certainly not us. It's just like, dude, fuck that. Like do whatever, throw it in. <laughs> yeah. That becomes a lot easier when you say, Hey man, the group we've assembled is not going to let it fail. No one's there's no bad ideas. No, there's no bad ideas. Now, other ideas might get used, but if there's no bad ideas and you're not trying to accomplish a certain thing that you've got in your brain, the only thing you're trying to accomplish is make something today, (laughs) you know, Uh, then you have to trust all the guys in the room. And once that hits, we kind of realized it in that moment that it was like, it doesn't, dude, it doesn't matter. We'd be talking about parts. Like, do we need to? And it's like, I don't know, maybe let's just see what happens because it doesn't matter. Whatever happens is going to be fucking awesome. It's going to be great. So, uh, yeah, it just, uh, yeah, we've been doing this a long time to get to that point where you go, yeah, everybody's firing on the set. No, the one thing I told everybody coming into this was undivided attention, man. I need everybody's attention on this. And we don't know what's going to happen. Pat, I'm sure you can relate. It's a lot of stress on me. I didn't have a lyric written going into this, knowing that our goal was to write five songs. <laughs> that's okay. Patrick and doesn't I, care about lyrics anyways. So apparently yeah. those, apparently those aren't <laughs> important. Say, that's going to give Colt a nervous <laughs> breakdown, but maybe not me. <laughs> <laughs> but Pat, yeah. Pat, yeah. Patrick, I'm trying to envision, is there a group of guys that you could do this with for two weeks and not pull your hair out? Well, I mean, I have. Uh, like what they're saying, like total immersion. No, with just... it hasn't been as cool as they're describing <laughs> it. No, and that was, that's, that's why I'm envious. Um, but it's important, and I, I don't, I don't want to cut off whatever your your point was, Joel. But like, <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's important that you guys did that. I, it's almost like an old school mentality at this point. Um, which fuck it, if it is, I don't care because I love it. I, I think it's the way that things should be done, uh, creatively speaking. Um, you know, we've had this, again, the conversation on the show, like we watched, we talked about this video, this guy, I, I'm never going to remember his name without looking it up, but he's, he's essentially like a metal guy. And he has like a lot of subscribers on YouTube, but he makes these videos about the current state of music. And one of the things he talks about is like, there aren't bands anymore, meaning like bands don't in the old school sense, get together in a rehearsal space and rehearse together anymore. When they go record, they don't lock themselves in a room for two weeks. Like you guys are talking about and create. You know, everything's done on computers. Everything's done over their cell phones. They communicate that way. It's not this, like you said, immersion. Um, And he, you know, he begged the question, is it ruining rock music? Is it ruining metal? You know, Um, I I don't know if I necessarily agree that it is or it isn't, but I think it's important. So, yeah, to answer your question, Colton, no, I haven't really. I've still been chasing that experience, I guess, (laughs) in in a a lot of ways, in a lot of ways. Gotcha. But I think it's important. well, you know, I, and you know, like your heroes, they, you, you know, all of these stories about the bands that you grew up worshiping and listening to, like one that comes to mind for me. And it's always the experience I lean on when I, every time I wanted to go record something, have you ever heard the story about the chili peppers going to record in that haunted mansion with Rick Rubin when they did blood sugar, sex magic? I've heard a little bit about it. It's pretty freaky. That mansion is freaky, man. Cause he goes crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and, and they all moved there. They all stayed there. They woke up, like you said, had their coffee, did their, 
heroin, whatever they were doing at the time. But, <laughs> but uh, the stories that came uh -huh. out of that recording experience for them are legendary. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've never been in a band as big as the Chili Peppers. So obviously I'm chasing a dream there. But that experience sounded so cool to me. That's what I've always wanted it to be. And that's what I've always thought it should have been, you know. Um, the the well, song Under the Bridge was discovered by accident, you yeah. know. Like they didn't even take that to the experience thinking that was going to be a song. And you right. hear about that and you go, God, that's, that's what it should be. You know? We, so we had some of that. So we, you know, especially coming off the last record. So, um, enemy was written years, years, years ago for us, went through a bunch of changes and I've beat that story uh, yeah. to a pulp for anybody that cares. But, uh, but then like, reckoning and sacrifice the other singles that we did when we finally released that ep uh was going in a, a aggressive direction and not that it was intended to we just that's kind of what we did and that's kind of what came out um then we have this opportunity to go and do this and we just kind of have a collection of riffs we didn't have you know like that was the song we were writing at the time reckoning was the song we were writing at the time sacrifice was the song we were writing at the time when you don't know what song you're writing we had ideas of uh 10 10 nick came over a track 10 sets of guitar riffs maybe like a, a verse, maybe a full verse, verse chorus, chorus so, and you know maybe like a piece of a break and so so then and then he had a couple that were pretty close to all the way through and we're like well if they got to be cut up or you know whatever at least this is what we think will go in and we had our picks on what we thought was going to happen uh half of them didn't get used and we didn't even write those songs and uh the ones that did we thought for sure were going to come out a certain way and it, it just went way this way and i don't mean like all of a sudden we wrote a taylor swift song but and i would but uh with her with her <laughs> about her i'd write it about her with her um but it just became something completely different and again just because of the no no expectations um and uh you know some people are going to be like yeah this is this sounds like a nimical drive and other people are going to be like oh shit so it, it just uh kind of losing my point on that but it was not oh you said about a song coming out of nowhere that it just happens when you don't have that expectation and all of a sudden we're like dude who the fucking thought he had he had riffs that had been around for forever that we never thought we'd see the light of day and now it's like the coolest song on the on the batch of songs we did and you're like how is that how does this happen well no expectations so my point to you pat is that it doesn't I think people get caught up in this band mentality that, well, my bands could never do that. Or my, well, you could, and you could with the right set of guys, or as long as everybody in the room has, so it doesn't have to be an, a band situation. And it doesn't mean that if you're not in a band, a solo situation couldn't be that either. A solo situation could be a guy and a producer and another guy, or the two of us, or, you know, whatever, whoever is bought in to say, yeah, I don't know, man, let's just make something awesome today. So, uh, my, my relevance, uh, that I didn't realize was one of those at that time was Incubus Morning View, right? 
the morning view sessions dvd yep. when that came out blew my mind it was like what it's is like these this? guys gonna live this kind of life? these guys get to live this kind of life and you're like dude that doesn't happen now it doesn't happen for everybody in a house in malibu or wherever they were right. where it's like you know you get to go surf all day and it's this giant mansion or whatever but in our regard this was that because you put us in the woods and away from everything and that's kind of that setting right and the only difference there is that they had their group and they were all bought in and they all trusted each other and they didn't leave that house other than doing things related to making that record you know and i didn't realize that's what i was watching at that time but that is what you're watching they had the opportunity and the budget to go into a amazing setting where they all were at their most comfortable uh to just focus on one thing which was making that incredible record it just makes you think like i mean we, we all talked about it so we were there for two weeks and it just went so good and uh there's like man what could we do in four weeks what could we do in six weeks you know, what could we do in two months like two right months. what god but you know people got <laughs> not everybody yeah. gets to do that kind of stuff for a reason you know? yeah shit costs money yeah, if it was that work, easy, got family, everybody <laughs> would do it. <laughs> yeah, and there's a reason. Did you guys ever? Um, do you remember Sonic Temple, McIntyre's old studio? Oh wait, Sonic Temple. I, yeah, I was thinking the festival. Did you guys ever record anything there ever? Uh-uh. No. So long before he had uh, Sawhorse, you know what is known as Sawhorse oh. down in the city. Now he had this place called Sonic Temple. I think it was like an old church. But he built a studio and then there was like a loft set up above where you would record where if bands came from out of town, they'd fucking sleep there. They were just bumped <laughs> up in this place. And that's exactly why he wanted it to be that way. So right. creatively speaking, you wake up, go to the little kitchen he had, make some coffee, make your eggs, go downstairs and boom, you're ready to go. Yeah. You know, and I remember one of my first bands I was in, we were we did a couple of songs there and I tried to talk everyone. Hey, can we just stay here? Like, I know we only live like 30 minutes away, but let's just, let's stay here. No one wanted yeah. to do it. You knew there was a reason to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I just, yeah. I wanted yeah. that experience. Like yeah, I said, exactly. chasing that experience, like the chili peppers I was talking about or whatever. And like, nobody right. wanted to do it. So there you go. I'll tell you, I idea. didn't, I didn't value that aspect. I just didn't, I just didn't realize, like I said, watching that fucking DVD so many years ago, yeah. I didn't realize that that's the most important part of what you're watching there. And I didn't, I didn't realize that I just, you know, and I guess it's just because, you know, you just do it the way you always do it. Um, even going back and forth to California, we did that several times for a couple records. And, uh, even that was broken up and I was willing yeah. to take multiple round trip flights yeah. to go back and forth to California to make it happen. I didn't realize the experience <laughs> of, uh, you know, staying in that for a month or whatever it was, you know, and, different when it, when you can do it i guess too but uh yeah just an un uh underrated and i think most people just don't realize uh i won't say any names but uh we get a lot of bands asking like what we're doing and who we've worked with and whatever else and uh i referred a band to do the exact same thing and they tried and they did it in a couple times and spent the most time that they could but uh it was kind of like telling them a new thing too. Like they, yeah. they were like, man, that would be awesome. And I'm like, no, I don't think you understand. I'm putting all, yes. If you go do a record, however you do it in this way, 
uh, or in the way that you do it, it'll be awesome. But I am telling you the most important thing by far I can tell you is just don't leave the bubble. And it's then, about, and then, and then and it always goes back to you really got to like your games, man. Yeah, you, and you do. Yeah, you got to like your group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got, I couldn't yeah. imagine doing this with some of you know, I, <laughs> <laughs> it would have been bad in a couple of cases. Yeah. No yeah. Well, J- Jack Daniels is kind of like a hidden gem, right? Like, I, I mean, it didn't seem like a lot of people had really heard of what he's doing and how well he's doing what he's doing until you guys, you guys went there, had a great session with him, and then now you're you're pushing quite a few bands down that way, and everybody seems to be loving it. Dude's well, a genius, man. He's I, got a studio at his place, you know. It's awesome. He, he's a wonderful wizard. Yeah, he's awesome. Uh, I call him the humble wizard because <laughs> he wouldn't he he would never try to be like, oh well, watch this or look what I can do. He wants to embrace what you're doing and uh give you every available option to make it as amazing as you want it. Like if you don't want He's not going to force it, but in the gentle way that he can show you all of your options because he's just that good, I can't sing his praises enough. So I hope everybody, uh, every musician wants to take that opportunity. I've been going back and forth. I just did a co-write with uh, another buddy of mine that we've worked with in the past. Song is incredible. I can't wait for it to come out. Um, uh, Yeah, I would sing his praises uh, till my last breath because... He's just that good and he's just that kind and and he's got a great studio he's got everything you need to go as a solo artist and he can make the music for you or bring the whole band and he does live drums that's something that we're hearing that people will not do anymore part of the lost art like you're saying pat where you know technology is uh, kind of breaking up the rock and roll vibe uh, it's nice to have those technologies and things, it, yeah. you know, for now a solo artist can go and do a whole record. Or, so did know, Zach track live drums for this record? Sorry. Yes. Oh, yeah. Dude, and Zach, awesome. Zach, there ain't, you can't, uh, having a live drummer. I mean, you're talking about a dude, a one, <laughs> a one take guy, you know, and just like, it's insane. So, so accurate. But yeah, live drums are important to Jack and, uh, and to the vibe of his studio. Um, and so, yeah, if you wanted the program drums thing, that also can be done, but he embraces live drums and has an incredible uh, setup to do so. I didn't realize how many places aren't doing that now, but some of the biggest records that you're currently listening to did not have the option to do live drums. They're programmed. So, <laughs> wow. Um, uh, but yeah, so yes. I would sing Jack's praises and, and I hope so. I hope that benefits him because every time I send somebody uh, to Jack, I know that that helps him. So he's there when we need him. <laughs> That's how I look at everything. If I can help anybody out, it keeps my network strong. So when I need you, you're there. <laughs> if anyone ever asked me for advice and I don't offer up advice cause I don't know shit, but the right. one thing I would say is if, if you know, a 15 year old was like, Hey, give me some band advice. I would tell them, do what you guys did. I go find a group of guys that you can do that with. Just try it. Just, you know, try, try to do it that way. Which is um, an impossible scenario in the first place. You think about a band, you get everybody together. You can actually play with and deal with and everybody's live spit in. You can make a schedule, still stick it through. 
That's just yeah. a is an impossible situation in the first place. And somehow that's very, why we, yeah, we cherish what we have. We can't, you know. Oh man, I can't dude, I can't believe sitting in this setting that we're back in this rehearsal space <laughs> still talking about writing songs and stuff. Uh you know, um for us, the only way was just to keep making changes, to keep making it work. And and we always put it at the forefront as until I hate it, Nick will still write songs with me. <laughs> and until he hates it, I will still write songs with him. And if it's just the two of us at the end of it all, I guess we can just still keep writing songs until like that's that's when it officially falls apart for us. And, uh, you know, you just... And you can't expect that, dude. 20 no. years. This band has outlived marriages and houses and moves and rehearsal spaces. Kids have grown up. Gray hairs. Uh, yeah. All kind of, uh, 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 speak for yourself, bro. But yeah, it is an unrealistic thing to think that, you know, that that's just going to work and you're going to hold it together or whatever else. So we just kind of said, like, it's all good, man. Anybody that doesn't want to do it, that's cool. We do. So we're going to keep doing it. Um, so we'll just get somebody to do it. Jack. Um, and now Matt. Matt came in. You know, we're talking a lot about Jack, but Matt has automatically become just uh, an extremely close friend and uh, now part of the group. Like when it comes time to write new songs, that's the new group. Now we write songs with Matt and Jack. And uh, it's because he shares on that same energy and it's like, Oh yeah, now this is a guy that we write songs with. And that's because he wants to, and doesn't have any inhibitions and any preconceived in it. He, he didn't know us. He barely listened to our music. He listened to the riffs. Funny story. <laughs> we, we told him, uh, we yeah. told him, he's like, what do we need? He's like, I mean, at least have the chords. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause we're like, like, well, we got so, some more than that. We got more than chords. <laughs> yeah. It was like, so, cause I didn't know, I don't know when you're going into a situation like that. Like, I mean, he's been under the John Feldman camp for years. Yeah, so who knows like the anxiety and level of stress that I don't know if the guy's going to come in and be like, I already wrote all the songs. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know. I've heard a lot of stories of, of that camp as well. So, um, but yeah, he didn't know us and he, and barely, I think he might've, <laughs> might've pulled up the YouTube and been like, all right, they're a band. We can do this. Uh, <laughs> because we got in there and uh, after we had constructed the five songs that we were doing, we kind of laughed. Um, what we believe is going to be the first single It's called dead on me. And uh, that song went completely different from what I had in my mind. Um, it's awesome. I love it. One of my favorites out of the group. But we, I felt like it was going to be this kind of song. And so when we were sitting down laughing about it in the studio, he goes, he goes, I don't get what you mean. Because he didn't know, right? He didn't, he didn't have a preconceived notion of this song. I had heard the riffs and I'm thinking about what I'm going to be doing for it. So, so I go, uh, hang on. And we, we go to pull up reference songs and he's like, ah, I'd rather not, I'd rather not hear it. Yeah. And he didn't want any outside influence to change that. And then I'm like, okay, I see, I see this. So at the very end of that, we had pulled up uh, sacrifice, which is a pretty aggressive song for us. And we kind of felt like that was 
we're like, well, this is the new direction. When we released that song off of Enemy, thought, well, yeah, this is kind of the new direction for ID and this is what we're going to sound like. And uh, I played that song for him and he goes, oh, whoa. <laughs> <He> goes, <laughs> Oh, we didn't do one of those. Do we need to do that? No, we don't have to do anything. I just, it's funny how when you don't have a preconceived notion about something, how it can just go any direction. And it did. And it is to me more amazing in the form that it came out. Um, but also just told me, it's like, dude, you don't know shit, man. Come in with an open heart and an open mind. And, and if you get to a point where you have to go, okay, I'm not cool or something, then say that. But not in this group, dude. I, I don't see that happening ever. If we kept this group of songwriters together, I don't see it would ever it's happen. Like our music I think we would just go in and do yeah. 20 or 30 more and be more excited every time we do it. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. You said something, and it made me think of a story I, I, I always tell about you guys. I don't know if I've ever told you guys, so I'm going to tell it now. It's a good story. No, but it's, it's something that I've always admired about you guys. But before I do that, it just dawned on me how stupid it was of me to ask if Zach recorded live drums. Of course. Not. <laughs> I'm a moron. When you I don't have, know why I asked that. I yeah, don't know why I would ask Zach, that. You record the live drums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was so dumb. Anyway, uh, no. So you, but you said something that's important to me is like, usually like, as long as I'm not tired of writing with him and he's not tired of writing with me, we're going to keep doing this. But um, something that I've always admired about you guys, you guys remember playing the, the Point Flow Trip show way back whenever that was? Ah. Well, you guys, like you guys, well, for me, anyway, you guys were like a party band to me. You know, you had the fucking RV and you just show up and party. I mean, and it was cool. But um, you guys did something really that you guys did something during that weekend that really stuck out with me is where you got Nick, you and Chris at the time just pulled out acoustics and you guys were like just jamming. Yeah. And then I said something to you, Joel, because you were singing. And I was like, dude, what fucking song is that? He's like, oh, it's something we're writing. And the fact that you guys just kind of were kind of just working out a song around strangers I always looked up to because I had never been in a group where it was just that easy to just try to write something. It always had to be a fucking process and it just mm. more trouble than it needed to be. So yeah. I always admired that you guys just were like, fuck it, let's, we got guitars, let's just work this idea out right here. And, 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 um, and how bad are those situations where you get in writing and just everybody's butting heads and stuff? It's like, what the yeah. fuck are you even doing this for? I was like, gonna, this is supposed to be fun, you know? Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just add to that. Number one, that's like the most amazing thing. You just took me right back into that moment. Oh, because man, I remember right that. Right now. And uh, yeah, I mean, we've always loved more than anything when people want to watch and want to be there with us. Every rehearsal space we've ever had at one point would pack in with people that would just come and hang party. out and watch and party. Yeah, we party. 10,000. You know, it might be Sunday morning service, but you know, if you were here now, we would party now Sunday morning. It would, it would be fine. You know? Well, I remember, uh, it's funny. I remember mentioning that to one of uh, my band members and they were like, well, that's inimical. That's what they do. They don't get like, they don't give a fuck like in a good way. <laughs> I was like, yeah. But also that's important. Like, don't you think that's a good thing? Like, yeah, yes. but, I don't but give a fuck this. to just fucking do it. Like, but dude, we've we've also had some of the worst stand around and stare at each other moments. Oh, sure. as, as a band as well. So, like, I love that. Yeah, when it's good, um, I love that it's good. But like, make no mistake about it. We've had, I mean, 
you know, we've had throwdown situations where people are at each other's throats and stuff. And I think you go through enough of that where eventually you hit a point where you're like, I'm not doing that anymore, dude. Like you have to love this. I, I, I make this very clear to everyone and anybody that's been in this band or is in this band will tell you I've had this conversation with them to a T exactly. My words are, you will not love this more than me. You can love it as much as me. And if you, even if you don't, I don't care, but you got to show up and at least love doing your part because that's all it is. I don't care. I don't care. I do care if it makes a couple bucks, but I don't care. That's not what it's about. At this point, we've been through all of that, dude. I'm in it for that story because we share that story with so many people where it's like, dude, I remember this time where you guys did this and it was awesome or whatever, you know, I'm doing it so that I know I can give other people the experience of going and doing what we just did, but you got to embrace it, man, because so many people blow that and we blew it on the enemy record. Multiple situations (laughs) on that had us at each other's throats and I'm not doing it anymore. It, I don't expect you won't love it more, but you can love it as much. If you just come in and go, cool, man, I'm, we're all adults. We're well into being adults by this point. Uh, know your shit. And if you don't know your shit, that's cool. Show up and rehearse it with us and just love it. Because if you love it, it's very fucking easy to fall in line. Everybody knows I wouldn't pick people that don't know how to play the fucking guitar to play guitar in the band. I wouldn't pick you to play drums if you didn't know how to play drums. Everybody that's been in this band is a very talented musician. If they're not, they're was a point where they did not love it or want to just be that open-minded about it, you know? And uh, it's not easy. Like I said, it's an impossible situation, but it is easy to love it when everybody loves it. And you're in that moment where it's like, dude, I would, when people talk about like the co-writing thing, dude, everything's a fucking co-write. Unless you wrote the song, and kudos to you, I believe you wrote your most recent single by yourself, right? You're, uh, you're yeah. writing songs on your own and then taking it into a studio situation. That's not me. So everything with me is a co-write, uh, at least with him. And then he realizes that he's a better guitar player when he's working with other people. And then you start to build this group of people. So everything's a fucking co-write. I don't care. We would, We could, the four of us could sit down. Now, Colt, I don't know how much musical input you're going to have. I guarantee you we could get you to get some. But you could. (laughs) In this, if we said we're going to come over to Colt's house and go up into that fancy bar he's got upstairs. And uh, (laughs) what I'm saying here, Colt, is this is going to happen. Okay, Uh, let's do it. Let's plan it. (laughs) We're going to go up to the bar and the four of us are going to start drinking. And uh, we're not leaving that room until everybody's passed out or we have a song. I bet that at some point you would be like, what if we do this and you would contribute and you would officially be a co-writer on that song. Yeah. And if you think about it in that way, everything's a fucking co-write, dude. Cool. I'll write with anybody. So, and get at me. I'm writing songs more than I ever have. If you want to write a song and you're watching this, hit them DMs, yo. <laughs> hit them DMs. Smush that like button. <laughs> Uh, that's, I, I another, think... that's another pain in the ass too, is, is the writing credit. And again, that's it. You know, you said that I've never, well, 
the co-write. Everything is a co-write. You're right. And I've never worried about that, but I have worked with people where it's like, I need the credit that that's, that's my, I'm like, all right, bro, it's yours. Fine. Right. Like, and the only reason that new song I just put out is me is because I don't have anybody to work with. So I just said, fuck it. <laughs> well, hey, you, did, you did great. And the fact that you can do that is awesome. Uh, that is not, that is not us in, yeah. in the least, you know, um, I could write a song. Nick could write a song. Rick, Nick writes the riffs, which end up being the collection of the song. And yes, and then I write the book. But separately, we could probably go off and do our own thing to put something together. But it's not, again, I think the more the merrier. I think yeah. if at the, when it's the right mindset, when you have the right minds on the project, I think the more the merrier. I, I hear people being like, oh, well, they didn't write that song. Well, fucking who no, did? Dude, it's, it's, like, it's, what are you talking about? Like, did they? Did they? Oh, did. Well, some people do that, I guess. They take songs that were written by other people, which I'm also okay with. Some people are not songwriters. If you're not a yeah. songwriter, get a song from somebody else if it's going to make you perform. Good. You're performing. You're still doing your art. You know, people get weird about labeling and fucking putting this parameter on it and this experience really made us realize i don't give two shits jack had a song constructed in only based on the conversations we were having with him going into the studio we were like well uh we got this and this and uh maybe we could do this and and he like looked up matt and what he had done based off of knowing not even knowing Matt, but reading about Matt and maybe what he might try to do with us. We came in the studio and he had a song written. <laughs> it was like, yeah. it was like, hey man, if you're open to it, space bar, complete song that is incredible. I'm like, what is what is happening? Now, that song did not get used yet, but the fact that that's we'll be like, oh well, what am I gonna take? Jack's song? If I'm, gonna, I'm like yeah dude i'll take it <laughs> it's incredible yeah. why would we not why would we not write that song you know and it's yeah it's again it's getting the right group and and having that mindset and that's all it is is a mindset it's not a thing of like who can do what or whatever like i said the four of us can do it you could go and pick you know stephanie stephanie will tell you she's so proud she she had she weighed in on one song lyrically she weighed in on one song and there you go. Stephanie, Stephanie got her five minutes of fame. There you go. Two and a half minutes Put of fame. Creds. Put it in the cred. That's, that's a co-write. Yeah. yeah that's, a co <laughs> that's okay. That's a co-write. <laughs> yeah. I, you said something, the, the labeling, uh, you know, it's kind of like, again, just to talk about a conversation we've had on the show before I try to get Colt to stop using the term local band yeah. because it's used in such, and not all the time, not, and not by everyone. And I'm not saying Colt, you specifically do this, but it's used in such a negative way sometimes to describe a band. It's like, yeah. Hey man, we're all local to somewhere. And guess what? We all got stories. Like the one I talked about the flow trip and we can bring up many more from that fucking flow trip. But like, dude, we all got fucking stories. It's like, everybody's local to somewhere. Everybody's doing the same. We're all doing the same shit. You know, it's like, we all, did this to have fun and just to create a, 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 an environment for ourselves to where we can, like you said, years down the road, go back to those stories and, and reminisce and, and talk about why they were important to us. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm with you with the labels and just like, God, it's just, it's exhausting almost yeah. to, to a point. It's like, well, everything you're talking about though, like 
everything now you're saying this has to be this way or nothing. Like all that comes from experiences that you that have led you to now. Like your outlook would probably be completely different, you know, 15, 20 years ago on how you do things. And that's how and I think I annoy the hell out of Patrick, but that's why I love doing this show is because he's a musician. He's been around for a long time and I'm like an outsider looking in asking these questions. And half the time he just looks at me like, why do you even want to know that? Like, because I'm interested in this stuff, just answer my questions and let's move on, you know? But what I'm saying is like the experiences is what's interesting to me. And then to see what your outlook is now compared to probably what it was 15 years ago is probably completely different. For sure. But also we were in our early twenties and very drunk. Oh my God. <laughs> I was in a struggle 15 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, life was, life was different. And uh, of course we knew everything, you know? Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, just being in that situation, you know, we definitely were not good enough to be in the environment where you can just go, you know, aside from the people that we were with the band we were or the people we were working with, you, you hopefully grow and get into yeah. a point where you can be in that situation. I could 15 never, years ago working with Jack and Matt in that scenario. Just gonna throw it, yeah, it would have been fucking terrifying nightmare. I mean, it would have been terrible because just having confidence and like, it takes a while to get to it. It's like, you know, the, the thing of like, uh, performing in front of other people while you're writing songs and stuff and like being confident enough to be like, I don't I mean, it kind of sounds shitty right now, but I know it's going to be good. Like that, it takes a long time to get to that point, let alone have a producer, two successful guys that are masters of their craft. Like, okay, how about try playing this? And if you can't do it on the spot, you know, it, it gets you, a little scary, but like, you know, you get you better, better that, uh, you, know, you just kind of just do it after a while. But that's 15 years ago would have been a lot different. You know? Yeah. You got to be willing to hand over that guitar and go, show me, show, yeah. show, show me and I'll learn it. And, you know, that is a very tough thing. Uh, I kind of touched on this, but um, I couldn't, I can't write until the song is written. <laughs> right. Like I could have a, an idea for a part. But if I don't even know what the structure of the song is going to be or what yeah, where is going to be the verse and the chorus and whatever else it is very difficult to uh, know that I have to pin something to that until it's there. So I couldn't start. I had ideas and concepts. And of course, we all, you know, uh, I think most vocalists make notes or voice memos and things that, you know, as it pops up, you never know when that's going to come to you. But that collection of things didn't line up with anything that we had done. I didn't even know what songs we were going to choose. So my part of it couldn't start until we got into the studio and we made something, which meant my clock started later than everybody else's. So, uh, yeah, I was stressed this time around, very stressed thinking, I don't want to look like an asshole. I enjoy, and I think I thrive in the studio setting uh but i didn't want to look like an idiot and i didn't want to sit there and be like well wow i had no ideas to contribute to this record and now we've written this thing and i didn't have as much to do um and and it just goes back to what we're saying dude i can't we still can't believe and can never really describe how well it went because it just started blind confidence just being like no it's gonna be okay but really like yeah, we'll just go in there. It's gonna be okay. And then it was. And then it's okay. And then it starts happening over and over and over again. And you're like, 
all right, fuck it. And then it's just like, and then it's just like, I don't, you know, it's just totally weird. Just like art just flowing, you know? Yeah. Did, totally weird. Didn't you tell me that you did that with that Die Criminal track too? That above the grave. Didn't you say you just walked in there with nothing and once you heard the song, you wrote the lyrics there and did it? I had uh, I had a demo of his ideas, but I hadn't heard anything that was happening in the studio. Uh, and so, yeah. Yep, I wrote that uh, in the studio. But I did that with Sacrifice and Reckoning, too, the first time that we worked with Jack. I work better now that I know that I can be confident with the people that I'm working with. And you get past that. Like he said, you got to get past the embarrassment or the fucking whatever it is that tells somebody like, I'll go over here and learn this. And then I'll come back to you guys when I'm ready. If no, dude, nobody's, nobody's looking for flaws here. If anything, Let's hear what you got. It starts somewhere. So it starts somewhere. It starts somewhere. So start it here. And we're all in this to make it awesome. So let's just make it awesome. I didn't really have to know. Um, luckily for me, I knew um, I, I know Wiley well, and I knew the where the song was coming from for him. So in that regard, it's even easier for me because I don't necessarily have to tie it to me. Um, so yeah, it was just awesome. It was go in and, and, write what comes out and i brought it to him it's like is this on track and he's like dude i don't care i'm like i want you to care i want you to i want you to look it over and make sure that it's on par with and it was so but i did that working with jack as well and in that situation i was nervous because it was like damn jack's awesome and i knew how good he was um but more so that can i do this on the spot and it was okay and and i've just learned that i thrive in that environment i love being in the studio more than anything because that creation process is so important for my brain and i don't want to do it alone i don't want to do it on my own it's one thing i can and i could compile some stuff and then come back or whatever but i like hearing what everybody has to say throughout this two weeks there was a lot of we called it uh where he uh the studio b for him where he mics all the cabs and everything in the studio became studio j because we would get a song constructed and then you go, all right, uh, well, <laughs> get to work. All right, I got work to do. So it was like, I'll be in Studio J for the next three hours. And I would go lock myself in there with a notepad and uh, master writer and, and sit there and collect ideas and try to come up with melodies. And if I didn't have a melody, I would go back in and I'm like, I got this, what do we think? And Matt's like, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. And then I'd be like, cool, because I don't have the next part. And you're like, guitar, grab a guitar, <laughs> go sit outside, literally go sit under a tree. You can go back on our Instagram. We made a joke about the melody toad. Uh, but Matt would grab a guitar, go sit under a tree out in the woods and find the chords, find a melody that was suiting to him. And he had this toad that kept coming to visit him <laughs> he was so he called the, yeah it was he was like one with nature and the melody toad brought much of the melodies that you hear on the record uh but that's just how it went it was like it's okay it's all right if you don't have the next part or matt would be excited about a party he's like i got something you want to hear it and it's like yeah and he <laughs> would come up with it and throw his own words in there or whatever and he's like what do you think and like oh oh i'm writing that back to studio j and then i would put words and my own twist on his part so 
literally all five of these songs have input from seven people that created this record and throughout every part everything you know dan had ideas for vocals and backing vocals uh jack wrote a bunch of the harmonies and uh it was just great because at any point in time you could walk into any room of the house and you might find nick and zach talking and probably blazing uh, but uh but zach tapping out the parts that he hears while i go in and throw on headphones and working out harmonies with jack and matt or lyrics it came down to the last song to write and i had overthought everything by that point and i knew i was so i said instead of that day going the same same way that the rest had i was like why don't we all jump in on this lyrically and figure out where we want to be and everybody contributed lyrically to that which has never happened other than you know working with maybe one other guy and just like hey what do you think about this line or whatever but everybody had input lyrically which really kind of shaped it and then we did the normal process and the song got recorded and i went for a jog and while i'm out running i'm stopping and copying and pasting the lyrics and stuff and it was just like dude now that song including uh matt has a little uh, vocal cameo part that we left in there because i loved his vocal take sure. on it so much that i was like dude i'm leaving it man i was like you're cool with it and he's like yeah, I get a cameo. That's awesome, you know? <laughs> and nobody will know that it's, I mean, you will know now that I told you, but uh, there's just that little part that it's like, dude, I'm leaving it because because of his ideas, it shaped the song. And then some of those lyrics came because of sitting around having coffee that morning and just taking a different approach to the day because we knew we were that comfortable to do it, to just be like, I don't know, man, why don't we just kind of write this the way that it is and then let's see what happens. And uh, end up being the title track off the record, too. So pretty rad. Pretty freaking rad. Nice. Well, to change directions a little bit, uh, I do want to know if you want to talk about your trip that you guys took to California. Because you guys got to play a couple of legendary places and stuff. And uh, I want to hear... I haven't really talked to you about this, Joel, honestly. Uh, so yeah. I, I'd just like to hear your, your uh, experiences through all that. It's awesome. It's awesome. incredible, man. With with us, it's I think it has been for a while, but it definitely is just get us to the next experience. <laughs> and sometimes these ideas come or a conversation comes and it's like, uh, I don't really know. But all right, let's just get to that and see what happens. And so initially it was thrown to me. Hey, I want to bring you guys out to uh, California for a couple shows. I'm like, oh, sure. We'll just set up a tour <laughs> and uh, we'll be out there in a couple of weeks, I guess. You know, it's like, it's not going to do a couple shows in California is either that you're, you know, getting a fly out date and getting paid well to do so or to play a festival or something. It's not just typically oh, I'm booking some shows. Oh, yeah. I'd, like to have you, I'd like to have you come out from St. Louis and, and hop on these shows on the West Coast. Um, but that's what happened. So, <laughs> and then it turned into, who wants to go with us? And uh, everybody went with us. So 30 people got on an airplane and we flew out to um, play a couple shows. Uh, it was supposed to be three. One of them fell through. But um uh, so we played two shows and it was kind of just that. It was kind of like doing shows here in St. Louis, but we got on a plane with 
you know, 25 of our friends and uh, uh, went and uh, played the Viper Room and played in Costa Mesa and uh, had a bunch of friends from out that way. We've been going back and forth to California for years as a band. Um, and so we've got a bunch of friends out there and uh, new friends uh, as well. Zach has a bunch of friends out there. So it was awesome. We got to play the Viper Room, man. That was uh, one of those things that you don't really ever think about. And then all of a sudden it's in front of you. You're like, dude, we got to make that happen. Yeah. Once we heard it, we got here. It's like, oh, yeah, we're going to play a birthday show. It's like, we're fucking going. You shouldn't have fucking <laughs> gave us the idea yeah. if you don't think we're going to fucking come out. So it's like, get us out of here. We're going to fucking do it. Don't be talking about shit unless you're going to do it. Yeah. So we're going. And we went. It was crazy. <laughs> it was like planned in the month. I remember Joel calling me and be like, dude, look, and they said, I was like, we're fucking going. And it was like, all right. And then it was like, well, yeah, then Nick, a month later, the, we're there. The real story, yeah, is that Nick <laughs> and I kind of made our minds up and was like, well, if we need to get a drummer and a guitar player and a bass player, we're going. We're fucking going. <laughs> Let's see, who do we know out there that can learn the songs? Because we're going. Um, but no, it was, it was awesome. And uh, that, and that, so conversations that happened while we were out there, the show, first of all, the shows were incredible. Uh, you never know what to expect when you're just getting brought out to jump on a bill and we've never played the West coast. So um, we've been out there and like I said, we've got mutual friends and stuff, but you never really know how that's going to go. Both shows were packed and it was awesome. awesome. The energy was unbelievable. We haven't had that kind of energy in a long time playing a place that isn't already super familiar with us. And uh, it was incredible, man. So because those shows went that well, some of the people that were in attendance of those shows were like, fuck you guys doing, man, make a record. Like, <laughs> Let's go. If this is the energy that you guys have still right now, make a record. And it was like, all right, yeah, make a record. Uh, another one. <laughs> another one. All right. I mean, we will We plan on it. But, but no, it was, it was more or less that uh, people that we trust that have done a lot of great things in the industry said to us, do a record. Like you guys, I've seen bands do way more for way less, like do a record. That was incredible. And it was like, man, it was very humbling for us. And so I said, all right, well, we want to come back. So let's make a record and, and we'll do it or, you know, uh, or more hopefully. And so uh, those conversations led to uh, the discussion and the mutual connections that eventually um, put us in touch with Matt to come out and do this record. So that was that trip. Um, at the time of that trip, we planned on doing like a single. Yeah, we were going to record a single. <clears throat> we were going to record a single and just kind of keep it going and shoot a video probably. And that turned into, no, let's at least do an EP um, and see what happens. And so, yeah, that was really the start of, um, I'll tell you, you have an amazing trip with all your friends out on the beach and you get to play some rock and roll and fucking hang out for, you know, a week. You don't basically. want it to quit. You don't want it to quit. It's it's really, figure out the next step, how to make the next thing. Yeah. And then it, all of a sudden it was like, we're writing a record and Joel's spending every dollar he's got on making it. <laughs> so it went from like, how much money do we have as a band to what do I have to do to <laughs> get us in to do a record? So, um, yeah, it was incredible, man. Very, very cool. Uh, world-class venue playing the Viper Room and thinking about all the, 
all the wild nights of that place. The dudes and, were super cool there too. Like we thought it was kind of like we were kind of oh, the guys might be assholes, dude. They were so helpful and shit. The and most everything. accommodating yeah, venue awesome. we've ever played. And people talk shit on that place. Yeah, fuck they were, you. They loved us. I mean, they awesome. They treated us great. It was yeah, fun. World shit. class, dude. Yeah. Like those dudes, because it's all backline, so you don't get to use your own gear. So. Uh, like a JCM 800s and 1960KOs and shit. Yeah. So you show up and uh, switch out some symbols and things like that. But uh, when you get there, it is intimidating. Like you don't bring any gear in. You don't, you're not even allowed to bring shit in until it's your time. And so it was kind of like, hey, what do you want us to do or whatever? But those guys were incredible. And all the way down to the last minute, there was a little bit of a mishap on stage. And, uh, Nick was dealing with some shit, trying to get it figured out. And so, you know, in that moment, you just want to be ready to go. But it felt like it was taking forever on stage. And the guy comes up to Nick and he's like, hey, man, it's all good. We got it. He's like, yeah, cool. We got Wait, it, he's like, we'll go on when you're ready. And they, they, they pull a curtain, right? So um, we're behind the curtain and there's like the five of us and three other people on this tiny stage because it's not big at all. It's the, a small the place. Room is a very small place. Um, but... Uh, all the chaos clears and everybody kind of gives us a thumbs up. They disappear and the curtains close and you're just standing there with like the red neon Viper room light shining on us. It was like, Oh, the chaos is over. Yeah. I guess we're going to do this. And then monitor, <laughs> monitor comes on. He goes, and you're on curtains open. You're like, Oh shit. The energy was incredible. So it's like, Oh, well, all right, I guess we're writing a record. What do we got to do to do this again? Yeah. <laughs> so, on to the next thing. So, did you guys? I saw you guys take pictures there. Did you guys hang out at Rainbow and watch any of the bands playing there? We so uh, we did go to uh, yes, we did. Well, we went to I fucking love that place. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, we went awesome. Rainbow. We did uh, some photos there, and they encouraged that. So. Um, did a photo shoot there, hung out on the patio prior to our show. Okay. Um, open party but then, <laughs> so then afterward, uh, uh, the guy that brought us out is like, uh, after party at the rainbow. And I was like, yeah, yeah. okay. All right. I'm down for that. And it was late. And Hollywood is a far drive from long beach, which is where we were staying. And, uh, was like, well, we're doing that. Am I really going to be the guy that says that he doesn't go to his own after party at the fucking rainbow room after playing the Viper? No, we're doing that. <laughs> I was like, I don't care if I get an Uber back to long beach, we're doing it. So, so it was awesome. So we got to go back there and then hang out back in uh, the Lemmy lounge afterwards and uh, have our own after party after playing the Viper. We were needless to say on cloud nine. It was an amazing night. And uh, the bands that we played with too were awesome through the Oculus uh, the world over against the grave uh, and uh, die criminal uh, open that show. But all the bands got to go back and uh, hang out at the rainbow afterwards. And it was, dude, it was just awesome. It was great. It was great. Plan on doing it again this year. So nice. Do the rainbow, the best food. And then it's like, you get to see people who are on hair metal IVs. So oh yeah. It's oh, fucking yeah. It's the fucking best. It's the coolest place in the world. It's yeah, the cool. best. I love it. It's a good hangout. Yeah. 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 I can see why it, everybody wanted to hang out there through the years. You know? Yeah, man. Really fun. Um, so talk about, before we get out of here, talk about what you guys got 
coming up because you got some some shit coming, man. What's going on? We finally get to play new music for people, so we can quit talking about it when you actually get to come and hear it. Um, we know it's taken forever, uh, but that's what it is. I try to put a set timeline, like I said, on things, and you know, it took it took a lot of time, but we're very proud of it, and uh, this is the first chance that people will get to come and listen to it that being said it's an ep it's five songs it totals 18 minutes worth of music so we wanted to do when we say this shit is not wasted on us i mean none of this these conversations the fact those stories pat that you're telling colt you and i now share a ton of stories that's what this is for us it is never wasted on us so trust me we are always trying to figure out a way to maximize what we're doing so that everybody gets to share in the experiences. And it's not just about coming to a show when we play a show or, you know, share the video when the video comes out, we're always looking for things to try and bring people in. Um, so we wanted to do a private listening party. So February 19th, um, a very limited uh, amount of tickets will be sold to come and listen to the, so it's a private party at Gaslight downtown on Shaw. Um, I'm sure everybody's got it on the socials. We, it's on our page. Links are in our bio. Uh, but um, private listening party to come and listen to these stories about being in the studio in a private setting. Very cool setting. If you haven't been to Gaslight, the back warehouse, uh, I know we all did a thing back there. They have improved that place quite a bit even since we did that. Mm -hmm. um, so the vibe is really cool. Um we're serving tacos from Rockstar Tacos. So with a ticket, you're going to get some tacos for free. You're going to get a glass of champagne. Mm. Cheers us to uh, kind of uh, christen this whole process and uh, kick off what we're doing with the record. Um, but we're going to do exactly this and answer questions and talk about being in the studio and talk about the songs and what went into making the songs and um, go through the record that way as we listen to each track. And then... We are going to plug in and do the first ever uh, in front of people performance of the five songs. So it it's just a cool way for the handful of people that actually give a shit to come in and get something different out of this. It's a show just for our friends, family, uh, fans to come in and uh, hear the record and really get to dive into this kind of conversation. You know, it's a, like a story storytellers situation, you know. If you care, ask, and and if you don't, just hear about what uh, uh, went into it, and uh, and then uh, yeah, then you get to see a performance of it as well, which we are excited. So, um, putting these together now, rehearsing these songs has reignited this this excitement of coming out of the studio. It's very difficult to go from an experience like that and then have to wait and wait and wait and it just kills your soul <laughs> so that's what i wanted this to be was like how do we how do for the people that care how do we encompass this energy and do something different it's not just hey well now we're playing a show come see the release party or whatever and we will and there's nothing that beats a, a release party show right but for this we get to let people come in a little bit more to it you know and uh it's a big industry night for us as well. So it's a bit of a showcase. We've got people coming in from uh, outside of the city to see what's going on and to check it out and 
Like I said, Rockstar Tacos and Gaslight have been amazing. Big thank you to J.B. Anderson. That guy is great. Um, and uh, what he has at Gaslight is such a special thing that I I cherish those kind of things because it allows for something different. It's not just a venue. He's always open. The first thing he said to me was, uh, yeah, I'm down because I'm always looking for somebody to be a little creative and do something a little bit different. And so um, everybody started pitching in ideas on what this thing should look like. So, so it's cool. So you get to hear the record, enjoy some tacos. I'm serving champagne. Mm. We're serving rockstar tacos. Mm. We're hanging out. Um, it's going to be all the fans and mutual friends that we always bring out. Uh, that to me, that ID family that we talk about, that's family, dude. These people have been with us for forever and still showing up. And, um, I know the list of people that's coming already. It's, it's just going to be awesome. It's going to be very special to us. And we hope to bring that in and kind of make it a little something special for, uh, you know, for people to get, get a little something different out of it. Oh yeah. Nice. February 19th. Tickets are online now. Uh, they aren't going to last long. I know how many tickets have sold, so it's uh, it's going quick. If you haven't bought a ticket yet and you're hearing this, get them now. Uh, we will not be releasing more tickets once those are gone. It's a small uh, small back of the uh, venue type deal, and we want to keep it that way. It's just for the people that you know actually care and want to uh, hear more about the record in this kind of a setting. So we want to be a part of something special. We do have... I have partnerships uh, with some really cool things coming up that uh, aren't a hundred. They are official. I'll just make an official post about it, but uh, I'll already thank Kyle from Shamrocks. uh, My guy, uh, just incredible dude that is always looking for ways to help us uh, kind of uh, brand something new. Um, With the enemy record, it was Jeff Britton. Jeff, we love you. Uh, He was able to put the beer together for us and do so. Kyle and I are working on something very cool that'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks and might have an opportunity to take part of that uh, as well when uh, you're at the listening party. So please do get your tickets now and come out and hang out because we are making it a very cool night. It's going to be a, a special experience for us in particular, and we want everybody to be a part of it. So do it, fuckers. Yeah, right. Do it. Yes. Well, hey, before we wind this thing down, I've got a couple of social media questions if you guys are good to take them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. First one from yes, Brandon sir. from Brandon Barbier. Tips on making my junk look bigger in my jeans on stage. I feel like this is a Nick question. Genetics. It's genetics. <laughs> there's, there's, yeah. So, no, just gotta get tighter jeans, dog. Oh, that <laughs> I was gonna tighter say. I was, tighter, yeah, just tighter jeans. I was gonna say well, V-neck. I think V-neck automatically makes your jean, your junk stretching. look bigger. Or, or go to the rainbow room or go to yeah. the rainbow room. There are plenty of guys there who have a good idea how to do that. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> right. You can stretch it. Uh, I'll, I'll take it back to the uh, point flow trip story. Uh, we know we can recall what Dan Winter wore on stage that night. I remember. Black spandex. From wet seal. No shirt. Black spandex. A studded belt. There's no belt loops on spandex. No. It's just a studded <laughs> belt. Just for looks. Black spandex and wrestling shoes with no shirt. Yeah. Automatically bigger junk if you if you yeah. come out like that. Yeah. So <laughs> Yep. And has no fear. Wow. No. That's crazy. 
All right, another one from Tanya Leanne. Things you've learned over the years, and if you could go back in time and do three things differently, what would it be? Don't do it. (laughs) There's only one thing to learn. Don't do it. Just don't. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. We probably talked about uh, exactly all those things. Right, yeah, for sure. Uh, It's really exactly the opposite. Just do it. Just do it. Just do it. Don't be afraid. Use the people around you to make you better and don't be afraid to do it. Sit down in a room and if there's 10 people staring at you, try it. You're in the room with those people. That's the important part. They're looking at you. You got them to listen to you. So just do it. If it sucks, it'll be better next time. Yeah, I think I think that's that's actually I think that's a perfect answer to who we're talking about. This Tanya, she's from Lydia's Castle. She that just recorded with Jack Daniels, also. So, yeah, I think it's perfect. That record's gonna be awesome. Uh, I heard a sneak preview. It's great. They're doing great stuff, and she's she's really got her act together. We've known Tanya and Cody for years, so they're they're doing it right. You want to watch a young band who is just starting under that band name, not starting as musicians, but just starting a new band under that band name, mm-hmm. watch them because they're doing it right. Nice. All right, I got two more for you. Ryan Chaney wants to know who's the best impromptu wrestler between the two of you. <laughs> hey, uh, Nick. Ah, man. I've lost more battles to Nick for sure than, than I've won, but I'll still fight him every time. Yeah, we slowed down a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's called getting old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying there's not going to be another wrestling match. Yeah, yeah. Sure, we're, <laughs> we're definitely getting older. All right. Know, last... the, difference is, the difference is I don't have to be the best if I'm willing to lose. It's fine. <laughs> the best move ever if you see Joel passing out in the chairs, walk up to the chair and just yank the leg out from underneath. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> just let you guys know. That has happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one more for you, and this one has me curious as to if something's in the works or not. But Robbie Callery wants to know if Inimical Drive would play an Ink Spot block party in 2022. No, <laughs> no, I won't. And I'll tell you why, Robbie. There has to be a meeting. Set the meeting, Robbie. That's my answer to that. So no, because there's no meeting. Let me know when we're meeting, Robbie. I don't know. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you said at the 10 year that that was it. That was the last one you were doing, right? It's, I just help. I, it's not my show. <laughs> I don't call the shots. You know, I uh, I organize the shots and help uh, help to make it. I'm an operations guy. I know how it's. I know how things operate. So, um, and an executioner, if you will. But when it's not mine, I can't just make it happen somebody has to say to look me, at jake rob just do it <laughs> somebody has to say to me make it happen and then we can do something right but, uh, that's cool though i see you robbie i see what you're doing go ahead set that meeting bro patrick cool. would would rocky rocky be uh interested in doing that if offered the chance of course you got a headlining set i certainly do not <laughs> Well, Don't consider con- consider <laughs> considering your last headlining set, you got rained out. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, but that was a rock star moment if I've ever. Seen that was, dude. That turned it, out to be could, awesome. It could have ended poorly, but we we recovered. So, mm. thankfully, it was awesome. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, I'm down. Of course, I'm always down. And I, you know what we need to do now that we're 
that made me think uh, for those listening, please get on the socials or if you have his number, send your well wishes to big Dave. Yes, from absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, you know, luckily he is recovering. He had some health issues going on there and was in the hospital, but uh, he's an important guy to everyone on this podcast right now. He's been Love gracious you, to us. And yeah, so please send him your well wishes and positive thoughts and all that good stuff, please. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's yeah. Any yes. other questions there, Colt? I don't think so. I think we've done it all. We've run the gamut here. All right, man. You, you guys, guys got, got anything, anything else? else? Well, okay. No, man. Uh, check the socials. We'll be uh, promoting this thing uh, till till it happens. And then we've got some other cool stuff. We're working with JB um, and the Gaslight, so there'll be more. Now that we are, are officially in motion, there's going to be a lot of cool stuff. Um, that, uh, that we're promoting and whatnot. So uh, music videos and a single are coming very soon, I promise. Um, but uh, working on all of that stuff now. In the meantime, your only focus is to get the tickets through Eventbrite, through our pages. Um, get a ticket and come out and hang out because it really is going to be a, uh, a fun night. Very cool night. Something special for us. Lots of hugs so, and kisses. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much, man. Not a problem. Thank you guys for coming on. Appreciate it. Yeah. Love you guys. Appreciate you. You too, brother. We're out.